Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm so proud of our year and proud of the guys. And I think, you know, we've been close a few times here, but, you know, this was definitely um, the one that felt the best. You know, I thought we were... Some of the things we overcame early, um, how we persevered, you know, it was you know, going 98 straight days without a loss was a different feeling um, that I hadn't been a part of. I know what we're going to have coming back. Um, so we got to take our time a little, grieve this a little bit, and but, man, I'm pumped for next year. Kyle Shanahan, glass half full on the season that was because ultimately it ended with a loss in the NFC championship, a loss that felt like they never really had a chance because of a a fluke injury to their starting quarterback, their third string quarterback who had gone undefeated in seven or eight games came in for one that didn't count as a start, but the Miami game was how it all got started for Brock Purdy and they had a great run and it always hurts when it ends, but this is a team that feels like it should have won a Super Bowl. By now, yeah. Chris, and yeah. the reality is they they are still trying and trying and trying, and it just gets frustrating. The longer and harder that you try and you don't get there, you start to feel like it's never going to happen, and at least he's got optimism in the immediate aftermath of what occurred on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, again, there's a lot of positive things, like he was saying, about what they're doing right now, right? I mean, we, we talk about it almost on a weekly basis the last six or seven weeks, just the physicality, the way the 49ers fly around the football field. Of course, they got scheme and X's and O's and everything that way, but got playmakers as well. It was an amazing year. I mean, again, it's why he's in the coach of the year conversation. Uh, we knew the 49ers were going to be good. Do we know they were going to be good with the last pick in the draft and dominate football like the last 100 days of the season? That's where it was amazing. But, yeah, they're going to have a bitter taste in their mouth, to, to your point. They are. And they, they didn't get to put their best foot forward la- you know, on, on Sunday. Last year, they you certainly can argue they blew an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl with you know Jimmy Garoppolo and some interceptions and some missed opportunities there. And, 
yeah, it'll always haunt them that they were up by 10 with six minutes left in the game, and the guy wearing red and 1-5 came to the rescue, and they won the game because of him. So, uh, yeah, they're chasing something, and I'm sure he's very frustrated that he hasn't got it yet. We've got plenty to unpack from the season-ending press conference from 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan and also GM John Lynch was there. But before we do that, we have to say welcome in. It's PFT Live presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Audience watching on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85, tape-delayed basis, Sky Sports NFL, and also podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Programming note, and I want to mention this today because Chris won't be here tomorrow because Thursday is his Friday. That's right. When we reconvene, it will be in Phoenix. And next week, here's what we're doing. Because Phoenix currently, hashtag currently, is two hours behind Eastern time. We're not doing a show from 5 to 7 a.m. Mountain time. We're just not doing it. We refuse to do it. We're on strike. No bagel, no bagel, no bagel, no bagel, as Kramer once said when he was on strike at H&H. But we are doing a show from 11 to 1 Eastern which is 1 to 3 Eastern, 11 to 1 Mountain Time. Come on, host, get it straight. Gosh, damn. I'm trying to pivot away from East Coast time to Mountain Time. I know, it's just your minus two. It's not that hard. The world is on East Coast time. Minus two. Carry the one. Minus two. two. Carry the one. (laughs) I got one for you, I fear. Don't put the, because I'm showing him the middle finger right now. All right, so 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, 11 to 1 mountain time i don't know what that means for the folks who watch the show on sky hopefully sky gets the memo that the show that's coming through seven to nine eastern is the day before that the live show every day will be one to three eastern i got it right one to three eastern 11 to one mountain we'll be at the phoenix convention center we've got a great array of guests the list is evolving all the time. Names are being added. Some are being deleted. We'll see who shows up. We'll see who doesn't. But one guy in particular that I am excited to talk to, as you well know, the guy that I was championing for MVP for much of the year, your friend and mine, Justin Jefferson, will yeah. be joining us. Yeah, that's going to be all. I, I love Super Bowl week. You know, It is a lot of work for us, or you know, we just have to be on it because we do interviews all day long. But... Uh, the personalities, getting the chance to meet the players, you know, unpack a few things that went on during the year. Uh, it's a special week. And, and of course, you, as the week goes on, you can kind of start to feel the energy come within the city and the Super Bowls around the corner. And uh, I, I look forward to it as much as it's, you know, can be a little tiresome and whatever else. It, it is a great week and it's a great build up to the, the big event on Sunday. Well, you wipe out your Sunday with travel. It's not easy to get to Phoenix, especially yeah. when there are no direct flights anywhere out of Pittsburgh to destinations Sorry. beyond the Mississippi River, which is always a fun thing to do. As I learned in my eight-hour layover in Detroit trying to get home from Kansas City. But once we get there and once we settle in, uh, yeah. And the, the the week starts slowly. Monday, Tuesday, there aren't a lot of people there. Yeah. Yet, but then Wednesday it picks up. Thursday is always the big day. It used to be Friday was the the most hectic, crazy day at Radio Row at the convention center with all the buzz and the activity. Thursday seems to be when it reaches the fever pitch now. And of course, they do the NFL honors on Thursday night, but that's when most of our guests are coming through. But 
We've got plenty. We've got some of the folks we seem to talk to every year. No Kirk Cousins on the menu yet. Damn. Uh, I don't know if he's even going to be out there. I have a feeling he's got reason to not. But why, why would he? He's always been a good sport. He always has been great. He, he, right. You know, say what you will about Kirk Cousins and his failures in the postseason and or at night, but he always is a good sport, and he shows up, and he and he deals with yeah, you Us. and I, I antagonize him and try to you know get him to like you less and less. Oh, it is great. He's good. He is good, and I think he understands. You know, you're you're more critical when you're the fan of a team, right? I mean, that's the way it is. It's it's you're the most critical of your own quarterback, right? So I, I think he gets that too. Uh, you probably would like him more if he wasn't on another, if he wasn't on your team, and. You know, and costing and he didn't cost you a playoff win, but you guys just haven't made a deep playoff run. I guess that's that's the frustrating part. I, I, I still I still am objective and uh, hate all teams equally at this point in my life. But and I'm I'm kidding when I say that. But you know, the reality is, and as you said, you have to be on the whole week that's with it. these yeah. interviews. Right, and it's funny. The, the the more that I've done it, the easier it's gotten because it used to just be that basic human fear of not looking like a complete and total idiot when you're interacting with these people. You want to be able to ask intelligent questions. You don't want there to be some lull when they stop talking and they're just looking at you waiting for you to ask the next question. You're like, oh, yeah, I need to ask another question. But I think part of me has just gotten to the point where I don't care anymore. I I hear that. We're just hanging out. We're just hanging out talking. You know, it's just – we're just hanging out and we're having a good time and we're talking about whatever. And if one of us says something stupid, so what? We move on to the next question or move on to the next guest. And uh, and that's what we'll do. But but it does get grueling. Thursday is grueling, but it's fun. And it's great to see everybody in person. It's great to, to talk to guys face to face. It's kind of okay to see you, even though you'll do the Vulcan death grip oh, on my leg you're when I least get it. expect oh, it. Man, you're getting it next week for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, but, yes, it's yeah. it, swell. It, it's fun. We'll see all our legends. That's always the best part, too, right, to see the, the old-timers, the players from your generation back in your day. Thanks. They come around. They're always awesome, too. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, Emmett Smith is my favorite and that's not quite, that's not quite well, back in my day, well, that's back in your day when is. you were growing up. Well, he, he gives you free tequila. So he's, 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 he's warm to you. He's you, you warm to him because of that. So, uh, he now is one of your favorites cause you get, might get a free bottle of his tequila. He's always trying to sell. I think that, that we have him. Thursday this time around, which is good because if he shows up with the bottle of tequila Thursday, I have an extra day to enjoy it. He brought a full bottle of Herradura, is her with something like that. Herradura, I, I should remember the name by now, yeah, although you if think? you drink enough of the tequila, hell, who knows what it is. <laughs> but he brought a full bottle of it, cracked the seal, and we had some there, live right? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, on set. In L.A. at like 8 in the morning. Uh, and it's like, what do I do with this bottle of tequila? And I took it with me. That was the day we did the hotel chain from – I did a hotel change from downtown out to wherever we were staying before the game. Yep. It's like I got this whole bottle of tequila. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it. And I never had any more of it the whole weekend. I really didn't. I just left it in the room. I figured, you know what? I, it, surely somebody working at the hotel will assume that I didn't put anything in it. And even if you I did, the tequila it. would kill it. 
and just take it home and enjoy the tequila. I, Hopefully somebody that's enjoyed wishful, that tequila. Wishful thinking, but I, I doubt it. I, I don't know. That's, it it, it was, had that much gone. Uh, I, that much. Yeah, I know. It also was still kind of COVID-ish around, too. So I don't think people were like, hey, let me let me take this unbottled. Tequila kills it. <laughs> it kills it, right. It kills all the germs. Hey, other thing, too, just back to the game and getting into that. We're starting to see the uniforms or the jerseys, right? I saw the, the Chiefs. They're going to wear the white. Have you heard if they're going to wear all white or anything? That's I'm excited for that. I'm, uh, two of my favorite things for the Super Bowl are you know the uniforms and the way the field looks. So I know they're wearing the white jersey, but will they wear the white pants with it? That, to me, is an unbelievable look that the Chiefs break out from time to time. That shot of Patrick Mahomes, as it pans out, can't really tell that he's got the game pants no, on. You it can't. looks like right. he's got a white shirt under the jersey. So I don't know if they're wearing white pants. I don't know whether the Eagles are going with their base uniform or they're going to go with black jerseys. They've right. got the black jerseys that they could break out. Oh, there it is. Nope, now I know. It's the green Eagles jersey. Many would love to see the old Kelly green Eagles jersey and helmet, but that's what they wore last time around. I can't remember whether they were green jerseys or or white jerseys five years ago. Probably would have been I feel white like, jerseys since yeah. every other year, home team, road team. But sometimes the home team chooses to wear white, right. and that screws up the whole rhythm of who's the home team, who's the road team. Remember I feel like the they Steelers wore green against in uh, Super Bowl 40? the Patriots when Philly, Philly. For some reason, I remember Brady and white in that game, and I'm hearing in the back it was green. It was green. It was right. green. Right. right, right. We had Tampa, So right? that would have been a- – Tam- right. Tampa what, wore Tam- white at Tampa? home. They were a home team. Remember when they did that? They were the ones that kind of threw it but off. But they weren't the home team. But I don't think they were the home team. Mm. Were they? I think they were that They year. choose to wear white as the I home team? I think they chose to I wear white. Yeah, because they lost in red in the regular season. Remember to the Chiefs in red? So they changed it up to white for the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, Tricky. you know, and I've smoked a lot of Mary Jane in my day, but I think I got that one right. I think so. Well, let's do it this way. This yeah. is Super Bowl 57. Right. The Steelers at Super Bowl 40 were the home team, but they chose to wear white in Detroit because they had gone on the road every round of the playoffs. That's and they right. They to continue that right. vibe in white. So, AFC home team, even number year. NFC home team, odd number year. This is an odd number year, so. There it is. Ipso facto, the NFC is the home team. Yeah. And it would have been, you're right, 55, home team, NFC. Right. Tampa Bay chooses to wear white. All right, these are all the important you issues. Got to figure it out. For Super Let's Bowl. go. See you, you know see what it is? next week. I'll visual. see you at the Super Bowl. It's very Week's visual. Over. It is it Super is. Bowl Fifty Seven. Very visual. Even though we'll forget next year who was wearing the home jersey and who was wearing the road jersey. All right, the 49ers will be wearing neither jersey for Super Bowl Fifty Seven because they aren't going. Even though they were the best team in the NFL down the stretch, and I, yeah, I, I, I split the baby when we did the picks last week. I went Eagles win, but 49ers cover, and uh, that went out the window fairly early with the Brock Purdy injury. You you had a good weekend. We never talked about that. You weren't feeling well on Monday. You didn't do your victory lap. Hell, you picked Chiefs 24-20. You almost got the hole in one in the AFC Championship. That's pretty damn good. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I just, and, you know, hey, I figured that game would be close. Nobody saw what was going to happen with the 49ers and Eagles, and like you said to start the show, I mean, just the unlucky – you know, thing to happen. And, and of course, I don't know, you know, unlucky, yeah, or, or business as usual for what the Eagles do. You know, they've been hitting quarterbacks and, and uh, doing that all year long, about as good as anybody we've seen. So, 
you know, but that was an unfortunate mistake or, you know, unfortunate incident that led to, yeah, a, a downtrodden game because of that. And it was kind of over late in the second quarter. So Shanahan and Lynch meet the media yesterday, as we said at the very top of the show. We pivot back to that now. Brock Purdy injured Trey Lance coming off the broken ankle. One of the things that Shanahan said yesterday, and I think this is significant, not that it's a shock, but he sees no scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is back next year. And that's different from all of 2022 because even when everything was pointing to Garoppolo being gone, Kyle refused to completely rule out a scenario where he would be back. And, of course, that's the one that hit the crazy outcome of they couldn't find a trade partner and they realized maybe we aren't 100% sold on Trey Lance, so Jimmy's going to make more here than he's going to make anywhere else and maybe he's going to get a chance to play. And lo and behold, he did. That's not happening this year. He's gone. He's done. And it makes sense because, look, Chris, he's going to find at least a chance to be a bridge quarterback and or to compete somewhere else to be the starter. He doesn't have that in San Francisco. He's number two at best, maybe number three, and he will be paid accordingly. That's not happening for Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. The door is going to open for him somewhere else at a better opportunity and in turn a better salary. Yeah, agreed on all there. I mean, again, I don't think they wanted to keep him last year, right? It was a little bit of a hostage situation as far as you know, keeping them, trying to get value. I don't think they wanted to muddy the waters with Trey Lance, but then, you know, as you explained, training camp went, Lance was a little all over the place through preseason and training camp, and, you know, they couldn't find a trade partner, and they realized, hey, wait, he's a pretty good insurance policy. Yeah, they have no contractual rights over him this year, so that that's the first reason, thing you'd think, well, okay, yeah, they don't have as much power in the situation, and then at, at some point, yeah, it's just got to be about these two young guys, and you got to figure out who's going to be there. There's enough complications as it is right now as far as who's going to be the starter, Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. It's going to be a huge conversation around one of the best teams in football, and you know, and then you add on top of that, you know, Garoppolo. We we can't forget Garoppolo played really good this year. You know, before he got hurt, we were going, man, Garoppolo is playing about as good as we've seen him ever play. So uh, I, I'm with you. There's going to be suitors for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he, he's played in big games and, and, of course, you know, ran that offense at a high level. Uh, and we know that he's got, you know, good pocket awareness, decision-making, quick release, pretty accurate. So I would think, you know, a team like the Houston Texans, I could see that making sense. Maybe as a bridge quarterback, maybe as something more substantial than that. Uh, but that's one I look at with Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan being there. Ryan's being there to go. Yeah, they. They. I would think they'd have their eye on Jimmy G a little bit. Yeah, um, he, he will have options, and that does make sense, especially if he's willing to consider being the guy until the yes. first round rookie is ready, whenever that may be. And he's just the thing. He's just kind of that's, lived that for the past couple of years. I know. He may not be. He may not be interested in doing that again. But he may not have many other choices because I don't think he is guy that someone says, here, yes, it's yours. Agreed. We're building around you. 
you're our quarterback. That's not going to happen. So the next best thing is going to be to have a chance to prove himself somewhere else, maybe on a short-term deal, just a one-year deal. I don't know. But I look at it this way. If the ship doesn't come in for him after what he did with the 49ers in 2022, he is at the stage of his career where it's get what you can as long as you can and understand it's never going to be what it was when you got that big contract in 2018 with the 49ers where you're handed the keys to the franchise for multiple years. Those yeah. days are over, it right. feels like, for Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so yeah, with Garoppolo out, you said it's about the two young guys. Trey right. Lance, who's got the broken ankle he's recovering from. Brock Purdy, who does or doesn't need surgery. That's all still being worked out. Here's Kyle Shanahan from yesterday on the question of whether they would be inclined to add a high-profile veteran. Remember, this is the same day that we learned that Tom Brady – had retired for good from the NFL. Here's what Shanahan had to say. And are you um, content enough with with Brock and, and and Lance being the you know the top two guys going into training camp, or would you be looking for a high profile veteran? No, we're content enough. I know we have two starters on our team right now that I believe we can win with. Um, so when you have that situation, you're not that eager to go looking around. The good thing about Brock is that wasn't an issue. It was a freak accident that I think everyone saw what happened. And when you talk to the doctors, it takes three months to really get back to repairing it and building it up the right way. And in six months, he'll be the same guy. Um, This is another example of the difference between seeing the words on the transcript and watching the delivery. I think Kyle was using, and you would know this better than me, I think he was using his best poker face, also new show on Peacock, uh, when he answered that question. No, we're content enough. No, we're, we're, no, we're content enough. I, there's just something about the way he delivered it where it was kind of like, hold it together here, don't show anything, Tom Brady's not available, maybe Aaron Rodgers is. I, I don't know. Or we just haven't decided yet. That, well, we haven't decided yeah. yet. Yeah. So yeah. until we decide, our position is we're fine with what we have. That, to me, would be more of, of along the lines where maybe he's protecting or a little careful with what he says. I do believe him in the fact that he's, he believes he's got two starting quarterbacks they can win with. But at the same time, you know, I, I – I I don't think a high profile is the word. Now, maybe veteran backup who's played and had experience is what I would expect more of. I don't think, again, I don't think they're going to look to go high profile, bring that in, and, you know, again, kind of confuse this situation to where we go into the offseason where it's like, whoa, I don't know who's going to be quarterback. There's three quarterbacks here. Whoa, they're one of the best teams in football, and we're talking about they can't get – you know, the most important position figured out there. And there's, there's, you know, the teams have an answer for that. So I would think more along the lines, Mike, and I have no inside information here or anything of just like you, Brock and, and uh, Trey Lance, they, they duel it out and you get a veteran who's played some football, but more of an insurance policy. Listen, if Trey Lance starts and he's a starter, we know he's got an injury history. Oh, man, he's the starter. Week three, he gets hurt. Okay, now you're back to Brock Purdy, but you got to protect your team there too and have another guy behind him when you're a Super Bowl caliber team, and I think that's also going to be 
you know, something that attract is attractive to one of these quarterbacks who's like, hey, I'm content being the backup, and that's fine, and Purdy and Lance, and they can figure it out, and I just want to be a part of a good team, and if I get a chance and you need me, then then I'll be that guy. But that would be more along the lines of what I would think they would do, Mike. I don't know. You agree with that, or you think they will go more high profile? Or, or just somebody who's out there, whether it's a veteran, whether it's a younger guy, whether just somebody to add to that room, somebody to be yes, that that's insurance what I policy think. in the I event think... there are physical issues with right. either guy. But, but, but it's relevant because, remember, the Aaron Rodgers drama in yeah. overdrive right. just before the 2021 draft when the 49ers made a call to the Packers about Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers had all that draft capital. Well, they didn't have the draft capital. They gave up the draft capital to get the third overall pick. And as they're figuring out what to do with the third overall pick, one of the options off the board was let's just go get Aaron Rodgers. And maybe, I don't know if they would have given up the third overall pick to get Aaron Rodgers, but they would have gotten more from Aaron Rodgers the last two years than they got from the third overall pick, frankly. Not that it's a Trey Lance issue. They added even more pressure to Trey Lance by making him the third overall pick. But Rodgers was in play two years ago. And it would be intriguing to see, you know, as the wheels turn behind the scenes yeah. as it relates to Aaron Rodgers. And we didn't even talk about this yesterday. Rodgers had the comment from McAfee show on Tuesday that, you know, the Packers are talking to other teams without him yeah. being involved. Right. And he finds that interesting. So... You know, I, I just I can't rule out anything for any player or any team. Yeah. Yesterday was a reminder of anything can and will happen at any time when you least expect it. Expect it. So I, I, I just think they, they just want time. They want to see what's up with Trey Lance. They want to see what the final analysis is on Brock Purdy's situation. Does he need surgery? Is he out nine months? Is it six months? Is it less? Is it more? Is it whatever? But that that all goes into the vat. And this is a team that has the luxury of being damn good yes. even without a franchise quarterback. Right. That's that's where they're they are. They're they're special that way. Um and, and yeah, I, I just I, I I don't get the sense that they're gonna be in the market for an Aaron Rodgers or or anything of that. Again, I think it you know, not only is that a an issue, maybe a distraction. And the thing I would worry about too is, you know, kind of what you're talking about. They're a really good team that's set up and, you know, just do you want to go through this again next off season with Rodgers? Is he going to come back and play with us? Is he going to do that? You know, at some point they got to just go with one of these young guys and make it work. And that's where I kind of just think, hey, we saw they can, Brock Purdy can lead them to the Super Bowl. He can do that. So they got the, the quarterbacks on the roster that they believe they can win with. Now it's just about, I think, you know, protecting themselves more. That's where, like, you know, again, I'm, I'm just throwing names out there right now. But, like, a Blaine Gabbert, somebody like that, that's who I would look at. Like, yeah, he might have to be the third stringer, but, you know, he's a really valuable one at that. Or just somebody, again, like who's, we know can run an offense, has got some talent, you know, not going to be necessarily a threat to those guys, and those guys are going to be the ones that duel, duel it out to start. But, like we said, in case – crap happens here we got this guy to protect ourselves and I would think that would be more the approach and and I think you got to do that with Trey Lance especially because he can go down and you know a, a snap of the finger here's one for you yeah 
And I'll periodically check my email. I want to see what people may be complaining about right. as it relates to things we've said or, oh, okay. or throwing out some ideas. I took a quick look at the email while you were talking, yep. and somebody has suggested right. a certain Gardner Minshew yeah, right. as an option for that offense. What do you think of that? Well, he would work. He might be too too good and want to play and and compete and try to take over the team though that's where I would worry about you know he's in a part of his career he's going well damn I, I'm, I'm better than Brock Purdy I'm not gonna sit here and be the backup to him he, that's how he's gonna look at it so you know he's a great name but I think I think he's above that situation in my opinion on honestly Gardner Minshew I think he's more of you know, bridge quarterback or really high-end backup that could command some money to go, wait, wait, you know, like wait, wait, where he is with the Eagles. You know, oh, Jalen Hurts gets hurt next year. Well, hey, pay me 5 or $6 million, and you won't fall off that much. We'll still be in the playoff race and, and in contention with me at quarterback. I, I don't know. I think he's actually – I think he's above that. I, you, you agree with that or no? Well, I – he had his chance this year, and it was a mixed bag, to say the least, while Jalen Hurts was injured. He had good moments. He had bad moments. I don't know what it sets him up for. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of veteran quarterbacks available, one fewer than we thought with Brady out of the mix. But right. there's a lot of guys that are going to be flooding the market. And the quarterback carousel, the game of musical chairs, it's going to spin. It's going to work like never before. There's a lot and of options. There are going to be guys – who are left holding the bag, players who are left holding the bag when it's all said and done, and or teams that are looking around saying, God, we blew our chance. And there may be some kind of forced marriages that happen where we get a week into the process and a team didn't get this guy, this guy, this guy that it wanted, and there's a guy still floating around. It's like, well, we better grab him while we can. There may be some of that, some moves that happen out of desperation. And also, also, you know, we mentioned Garoppolo possibly to the Texans. To the extent that they are looking for a bridge guy, you know, D'Amico Ryans, to the extent that Kyle Shanahan was candid when he was around D'Amico Ryans before we realized this guy's going to be a head coach somewhere, so I better keep some of these things to myself. What the, the Texans sure. do could be a reflection of what Shanahan has said about what he thinks of some of these guys. Sure. And Ryans may have been taking very careful notes about what Shanahan thinks of some of these quarterbacks, and that may come out in who the Texans pursue. Yeah, I, or I, don't pursue. Right. I, well, I, I, I think you're you're on to something there. I'll add another team to that mix that I think is going to be the Jets. Right. The Jets. I know we're a team that we're in the Aaron Rodgers conversation, but hey, come on. You know, it's Robert Sala, and you know, there's a history there. He was a defensive coordinator when Jimmy Garoppolo led them to the Super Bowl. You know, will they pursue him if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, or if that doesn't, you know, come to fruition like you're kind of hearing through the NFL rumorville? Uh, so that that's a that's another one that's you know one to watch as far as how they feel about him. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's some interesting conversations around, like you said, I think there's gonna be some options out there that we can't even kind of foresee as it sits right now too, uh, where it could be interesting as far as that backup third string market. And even of course, some of these starters to fill in some of these spots this year. I've noticed a few times recently, you using the term rumorville. I, I haven't said anything about it. Is that deliberate? It's is never deliberate? deliberate. It is rumor it mill, is. right? It's right. I know. I don't right. know. I don't know. But why. I thought like you're doing your own your own twist on it. No, I, I really like wasn't. some of the other Simsisms that become deliberate. Right. No, well, they yes, this one is no. It's it's. I might go deliberate now that we've made a thing of it, 
But up to this point, it's just been dumb Chris not being able to get the English language out of his brain. So now that I've said it a few times and you've put it on there, I, I, that's where I usually start to go, oh, I'm going to make it a thing now. Instead of saying rumor mill, it's rumorville, all right? Uh, but but uh, I haven't. I kind of like it. Up. I, 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 I kind of like it. I just didn't know whether that was something from your podcast that I had missed, <laughs> no, like no. reading between the tea leaves, which became a thing. And see, we, we, we've got two volumes now. We've got the well three volumes we've got the true simsisms right we've got the accidental scholar right and we've got the stuff that chris originally screwed up but it sounded kind of good so we go with it we made it a thing <laughs> yeah three volume three right volume good. set thank you for the I'm working on chris it. sims collection around any corner within every battle and with the dawn of each new day the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Another item of news that came up yesterday, Tua Tagovailoa, the Dolphins quarterback, was not cleared to go to the Froth Olympics, a.k.a. the Pro Bowl games that are happening in Las Vegas over the next few days. Something happened last night. Something has happened. I am not watching it, and I'm not actively endorsing a boycott yet, but I will say something I said earlier in the week. If people stop watching this crap, they'll stop putting it on TV, and as long as people watch it, it's going to continue to be on. That's your prerogative as a viewer, but I, it's a bastardization of what football is supposed to be. It's some sort of made-for-TV game show, it feels like. It's, I, I've got no interest in it, and if you, anyone else out there does, enjoy. But anyway, Tua couldn't get cleared to go participate in the Froth Olympics, but now he's cleared from the concussion protocol. I, I, I think that's kind of convenient. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I really don't want to go to this Las Vegas thing. So, uh, okay, fine. Not cleared by the deadline for going to the Froth Olympics, but he is cleared now and they, they expect him to be a hundred percent going to the season. And that's fine. I, that, that's good. The question is, can he avoid the next one? And, and th that, this is where the, the Dolphins are kind of clumsily circling the wagons. Remember they said a couple of weeks ago, he's no more susceptible than anyone else to a concussion. Well, okay, fine, but he is because he's not protecting himself from getting thrown to the ground and having his helmet strike the turf and he gets a concussion. That's where he's more susceptible to it because yeah. of his style of play. Right. He's not protecting himself. The physics aren't in his favor. So big, large, strong, 300-pound linebacker, lineman, somebody grabs him and tackles him legally, and he whipsaws back, and his head hits the ground, and you get a concussion. That's, that's what's making him more susceptible. So it's great that he's 100%. It's great that he'll be 100%. 
How long is he going to stay 100%? That's the real question. Is he going to change his style and protect himself, Chris? And nobody's addressed that. No, I, I, you know, I think you raise a good point there. Yeah, maybe not uh, susceptible in the fact of, okay, he's had three concussions and that makes him more susceptible to have the fourth. But you know, we've, we've hit on this a lot during the year. Yeah, he's susceptible because he's you know, arguably the smallest quarterback in football. That, that's the problem. And I know Kyler Murray, stature-wise, is smaller, but we've discussed this too. He's rocked up. Like, Kyler Murray's a ball of muscle. So that's where it's different. Yeah, they're going to, a little bit like we talked about with the 49ers, they got to be smart here. They got to protect themselves. They got to get a backup that also isn't injury prone in Teddy Bridgewater. They got to think about that. But, yeah, that's the number one issue. And I don't know really, like, you know, the change of style of play, I, I don't know if this is this is not like it's like, hey, this is Josh Allen and he just it's it's pedal to the metal and he lowers his shoulder and jumps over people and puts them. It's not that, you know, it, this is like, uh, what do you change? What is he doing? That's so bad. He's he's small and he's not that fast. So there's a problem there. You know, and that's where got to get rid of the ball faster. They got to get rid of the ball faster. They got to get better offensive line and protect. And like we talked about yesterday with Sean Payton and Drew Brees and the Russell Wilson, they got to get a, a, a protection up front or a line up front that, yeah, that is conducive to wait. Our quarterback's smaller, and we got to protect him and and build a wall there. Maybe more, you know, than than some of the other quarterbacks in football. That's how you got to look at it if you want to make it really work with Tua. At least in my opinion. By the way, by the way, yeah. sources say yeah that our guest list next week in Phoenix includes on Friday. Tua. We talk about Iloa. Boom. How about that? Yep. How about that? That's awesome. All those people out there that think we hate him and he hates us. We don't hate him. We like him. We want what's best for him. We're trying to pierce through the chatter and the noise and get people to understand what the fundamental issue is here so that he can have a long and successful career. And he played extremely well this year. He did. We said that time and time again. He was an MVP candidate for part of the season. These guys now – and. I have reached the age, and my son has reached the age, where I see my son in an increasing percentage of NFL players. Because my son is 26. He's older than Tua. Right. So you understand it that becomes a hell of a lot easier. Right. right. It's a hell of a lot easier to relate to what these young men are going through because I know what kids that age, men that age, go through. And we want what's best for him, short-term and long-term. We're not going to lecture to him. We just want to have a conversation with him about where he is and what his vision for the future is because at some point you've got to not put yourself in a position where you get thrown to the ground and you have your helmet strike the turf because that's what's causing this. Exactly. That's the bottom line. Everything that we believe here and everything we say is out of position for propping him up and helping him be – Healthy and successful as a player, as a man, and as somebody who has many years left to to live and be happy and be productive and not be dragged down by the the issues that that will be part of his overall health as he gets older based upon his his playing career. Yeah, no, I mean we're we're rooting for him. I I, I like him too. Yeah, have I questioned some of the things football wise about his play in that? Sure. But I, I'm I by no stretch of the imagination don't you know don't I root I want good things for Tua I'm rooting for his career I know how hard it is 
You know, I've, I've been a quarterback that's had the injury issue. I mean, I, I feel for him there all the way. Does that mean I'm not going to be honest about my football evaluations all the time? No, no, it, it does not. I'm going to be honest about my football evaluations. But, yeah, we want him to play, and we want him to be healthy. And, and you know, we, we hope the Dolphins could do their best to protect him and the NFL does, the right, does right by him and all of that. Uh, and he did show that he was, you know, a high-end starter this year and could do some special things with their team. So uh, that's where it's awesome. I mean, his career finally got going in the right direction here, and they put the right pieces and ran the right offense that made sense for Tua, and he capitalized. I give him a lot of credit for that. But, yeah, I do worry about this. I mean, it, it, I worry about it. It makes me think about the quarterbacks coming out in this draft. There's some small ones there, right, It make you concerned because how many times did we watch games together on a Sunday this year and go – Oh, look at that guy. He got tackled like Tua, but he didn't his head didn't hit the ground. You know, we would we, we said that a quite a few times. Like that's a Tua tackle. But because they're bigger humans being tackled that way, it, it doesn't affect them that way, and that's where we fear for him a little bit. And he really was great in twenty twenty two, and we knew that Mike McDaniel would come in there and design an offense that got the most out of Tua's skills and yeah. abilities. That's the challenge for any coach, and good coaches know how to say this is what my guy does well. I'm going to do it. This is what he doesn't do well. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to adapt the contours of my offense to fit my guy. But one of the things that they all need to do moving forward is come up with ways to get the ball out faster so he doesn't find himself in those spots. And also, also, we want the broader football structure to recognize when Tua, or anyone else for that matter, has had a head injury and get him off the field. That was the issue in late September with the Bills game when they knew enough to check him out, but they somehow let him go back into the game. Right. And then the issue on Christmas when he he had a concussion and nobody knew it until the next day when they were talking to him and they were asking him about things that happened in the game, decisions he made, and it was obvious from his answers that something was wrong. Right. So, uh, that, that you know, it's it's about having concern for the health and well-being of all players. We're We're – one month exactly removed from the DeMar Hamlin ordeal. It's only been one month. And we all had, if we didn't already believe it, we had our epiphany that night that we have to care about the health and well-being of professional athletes who are playing an inherently violent game. And if we truly do, then we have to care about all issues, not just the possibility of cardiac arrest. We have to care about all the issues and all the potential health issues that they face during a game. And beyond what we saw happen to Mar Hamlin, head and neck is the big thing that we need to be concerned about. And it's having that mechanism in place to protect a guy from the game, from himself, from anyone and everyone who would want him to keep going at a time when he shouldn't keep going. We got to be able to pull those guys out, give them a proper evaluation and shut them down. And it's still a work in progress yeah. for the NFL to get to the point where it needs to be, Chris. Yeah, it is. It is. We're, you know, we, 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 it's the, the infancy stages still evolve this and we're evolving and the league's doing the best it can. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, mad at them in this department. You know, I, it was disappointing as far as the Tua, you know, like you said, late September, that was a little shaky. And then, yes, not to see Devontae Parker, right, uh, in that football game. I can't remember who the Patriots were playing, uh, but had the little concussion issue. And then, of course, two on Christmas, you're right. Those are ones where we just go, hey, like, hey, we're on the right track, but come on. These are things we, we got to be better. We can be better as a league. 
Um, but you know they're they're doing their best, and that's where I'm I'm not going to discredit the NFL for their efforts here for sure. But it's it's again it's early, and they're trying to figure it out and do it the right way and be fair to the league and be fair to the players. And there's a lot of moving parts here, and you know I know they'll get it right. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, damn, we're we're too protective at this point, but it's a good thing. Uh, it's certainly better you know better we're that way than the other way around. One of the things we've analyzed as it relates to Tua, the fact that the team has said in the aftermath of the 2022 season that he's our starter for 2023. And my position has been until you pick up his fifth-year option and or sign him to a long-term contract, I'm not convinced he's your guy clearly and firmly and unequivocally. And it could just be they're saying it and saying it and saying it just to provide cover until they move in a different direction. And then when they move in a different direction, we've, we've seen that. We've seen teams and coaches say one thing over and over again and then do something else eventually. And I've just said, hey, actions speak louder than words here. Pick up his fifth-year option. We'll believe he's the guy beyond this year, if he's even the guy when this year begins. Sign him to a long-term contract. We'll believe he's going to be around for more than a year if he gets to be the week one starter. And, and we'll see. Now that Tom Brady's out of the mix, and look, I don't think the Dolphins were going to do any pursuing of Tom Brady behind the scenes, not before the start of free agency after losing a first-round pick last year and assuming that 345 Park Avenue is watching everything they do very carefully this year. But if Tom Brady had come to them and said, hey, I'd really like to play for you, I, you know, I, uh, I, they would have at least had to have considered it. But now that he's out of the mix, does that make you feel like – they, they, they are just going to move forward and not evaluate who else may be out there. I mean, what if Aaron Rodgers comes calling and says, boy, I think we could win a Super Bowl together. Do they just say, no, we're all in on Tua, or do they at least evaluate the possibility of adding Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I don't. I think it's a Tua thing. I think they're going with Tua. Uh, they showed they were capable of playing at a high level. You know, Rod, you know Rodgers, again, I just would get into the conversation of, you know, again, why upset the apple cart? You don't know what you're getting involved in. You don't also don't know, I mean, is he going to be telling, hey, Mike McDaniel, I want to run these plays. I know that you were awesome with these, but I like these plays. Oh, wait, after the year's over, oh, hey, you know, I don't know if I'm going to come back and play. Wait, oh, oh no, wait, we, we, we had Tua, but now we don't have Tua, and we were going on the right track, but we, we disrupted it for you, and now you're going to screw us over and leave. I just, I, you, you finally got some value or some payback for the guy you drafted at the number five pick in the overall draft with Tua and got that going. That's where I would go, I don't think so. I think that they're they're more again in the conversation of you know high end backup. That's where I would invest here. That that would be the thing. Tua, you're the starter, right? You know, someone along the lines of Teddy Bridgewater again, but not Teddy Bridgewater. You can't have a guy that's injury prone backed up by a guy that's like also the most injury prone quarterback in football. That's where they got to change something there this year. Uh, but yeah, I don't envision the Rodgers thing happening, Mike. Uh, I don't know. Do, do you? Do you? I, I, well, it's hard to say no when one of the all-time greats comes knocking on your door. That's right. It's hard to say no as the owner of the team. It's hard to say no as anyone in a position who is trying to win a Super Bowl. But there are caveats, and you have outlined them. But the key is, ultimately, Tua presents a risk of injury. And not just head injury. He had rib injury in 2021, missed some time then early in the season happened against the Buffalo Bills. So hip in college. And this is one of the areas where Kirk Cousins gets taken for granted. 
Yeah. And Paul yeah, Allen yeah. was giving me the business about this yesterday when I had my weekly appearance on his radio show on KFAN. The idea that Brock Purdy got injured on the opening drive of the NFC Championship game, and if the 49ers had Kirk Cousins, that wouldn't have happened. I don't, I don't know that I agree because Kirk Cousins has never been hit the way that Brock Purdy was, but we have seen Kirk Cousins get banged around a lot over the course of his time with Minnesota and with Washington, and he always keeps going. And that, that there's a there's a value in that that gets underrated because it's not noted until a quarterback goes down. Yeah, there's no stat for it. Backup. Yeah, that, that's right. There's no stat, but there, there's a reason. You know, the the best ability is availability, is a saying in the NFL. I mean, that that speaks to it right there. And yeah, there's. There's, it's it's amazing. Yeah, well, I, I, it's just amazing how some guys are are made like that, cut like that, have a feel for how to go down and take hits. I mean, I, I look at the three young guys that are playing right now that are the best in our sport. You know, Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. They take hits where I just go, oh my, oh, ooh, oh, e, oh, they're in, oh, they're in a tough position. And I go, I just sit there and go, man, I think half of football would have been hurt after that hit. But they seem to be, you know, and it's like Brady too. Same thing. All the hits and the weird positions. Something about it. There's definitely a skill to it. You know, maybe a little luck, sure. But I think there is a skill to it as well and a feel for where your body is in space and when people are around you. Uh, and, and there's something to that as well. And, you know, I think that kind of protects the great ones to, to go along with what you're saying. It's a sixth sense in some respects. It's understanding yeah, right. when that that hit is coming and where to get your body before. And also kind of like, you know, you hear people say like, like if somebody is in some sort of an accident, like they get hit by a bike or a car or something and they aren't braced for it. The, they just the relaxing of it. it is very and big, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we just, at a certain point, you just have to go with it. That's you just right. You have to accept it. If yeah. you try to, if you try to brace yourself and fight against it, something's more likely to crack. That's right. Like you ever been like, you know, you've been in the ocean, right? You get crushed by a huge wave. At some point, you just got to go, wait, I can't fight this. I'm going to end up hurting myself more. You just got to go with it and let it knock me around and might hit the sand a little bit, but you're okay. It's, there is something to that. When you're, when you're getting hit as a quarterback and you try to fight it, oh, I'm going to hold up or I'm not going to go down here, that's when body parts get stuck in the ground and people fall on things and you get really hurt. There is uh, something to what you're saying, the art of falling down and going with the force that, that can save you. Well, Tom Brady won't have to worry about that anymore. He is now retired for good. He says, assuming that he sticks with it, will break down the ripple effects of Tom Brady walking away from the NFL. We'll do that when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 